0: Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. If you have your Bibles, open it with me to Genesis 26, and as you do, would you say this with me today? I receive the word of God to profit me and reproof me, convict me, and instruct me to righteousness that I may become perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You just quoted 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Why do we have all these confessions going on around here? Well, how many of you know that in Genesis, it tells us that God created man in his image? Huh? And if you've read your Bible, you know that God created the world by saying, Light be, world be. In other words, he spoke it out, and it came to pass. Well, are you in his image? Well, then as you begin to speak what God says about you, you put in motion those things that God says about you to come to pass in your own life. Some people call it self-prophecy. I call it confessing what God says. You know, you can be what God says you can be. And you can have what God says you can have. And you can go where God says you can go. And you can do what God says you can do because you can do all things through Christ. Which strengthens you, Amen? Amen. And so we've been teaching a series on the power of redemption. And Psalms one hundred seven, verses one through three says, "Oh, bless the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever." Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. This is uh, Psalms one oh, uh, excuse me, one oh seven. 107. Yeah, 107. 107, verse two. Let the redeemed the Lord say so, whom He redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. And gathered us out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. And so the truth is that God has set up a plan of redemption or a law of redemption. What is the law of redemption? The law of redemption is whatever was intended and has always been intended to be yours all along, regardless of why it's not manifesting or wherever it went, whether it was lost or you, lost, or you, you walked away from it, however it happened, has been purchased back just for you. That's why Jesus said in Mark 10:45, he said, I did not come to be served, but I came to do this one thing. I came to serve. What did he do when he served? He said, I came to be a ransom for many. In other words, he gave his life for your life. And we will look at the parable in Matthew where it talks about a man found a treasure in a field that wasn't his field, but he found this treasure in a field, and he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sell everything I got, and I'm going to buy that field so I can have that treasure. Well, Jesus not only paid for all of your sin, but he paid for all the sin of the world so that you can be redeemed of your sin, Amen. and that's the same parable right there. In other words, he He paid for the sins of all all the world, all the sins of the world, so that you could be purchased back into the kingdom of God, so that you can experience the blessing of the Lord. And so here in Genesis chapter 26, we're going to see a story of God's supernatural redemption in the life of Isaac. Have you found chapter 26, Genesis? When you do, let us know what page it's on. All right. Genesis, starting with verse 1. There was a famine in the land. And besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, so this was another famine talking about a whole different situation, you know, and all the scientists were going together, and they were talking about global warming and climate change. Folks, there's been climate change for 6,000 years, all right? Don't let, you know, people put fear in you. That's a bunch of hogwash, All right, so then the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt, live in the land which I should tell you. So obviously Isaac was thinking, okay, it's dried up here, not much going on agriculturally, I can't take care of my herds, I can't take care of my family, so I'm going to look. You know, I heard that things are going well in in Egypt, so I'm going to move to Egypt. But the Lord spoke to him and said, do not go to Egypt. Even though provision was there, don't go there. Even though he could have fed his family there, don't go there. Even though his needs could have been met there, don't go there. Dwell in this land. Dwell in this land. And so God's saying to Isaac, dwell in the land where it's drought. Nothing's going on, nothing's producing, but I'm giving you a word. Stay where you are at. Dwell in this land, and I will be be with you, and I will bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands and I will perform the oath or the promise, which I swore to Abraham, your father, and I will make you a descendant. I'll make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands and in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws, so Isaac dwelled in Gira. So that's what he said. God said, stay here, so he stayed there. And then the men of of the place began to ask about Isaac's wife because she was like my wife, absolutely gorgeous. Well, that's another story, so let's move on and pick up here in verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in the land. Let's stop. It's drought. The land's not producing. There's not enough water for his herd. There's not enough provision to take care of his family. There's not enough provision to take care of his employees. And what did God say? God said, if you'll stay here, I will bless you. What did Isaac do? He acted on what God said. How did he act on what God said? Even though the ground was dry, it was a dust bowl, there wasn't anything growing. he sowed. He decided to plant a crop. He decided to put seed in the ground based on a word from God. And so he did that. And it says here, and in the same year, say same year, Amen. a hundredfold. He reaped a hundredfold in the year of drought. Why? How could that happen? Because he's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. Uh, Because when you listen to God and you do what God tells you to do, you cannot fail. And so here he sowed in drought. And here he reaped a hundredfold that same year. And the Lord blessed him. Well, is that surprising? God said, if you'll stay here, I'll bless you. So why is that so surprising? You know, God's going to bless you when you hearken diligently, according to Deuteronomy 28, when you hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, all these blessings will come uh, on you and overtake you. Yes. And so now all of a sudden, you know, he's in Atlanta gear. No one's making it. No one's prospering. No one's doing very well. But he is. Why? Because he had a word from God. He had heard from the Lord. God said, don't go to Egypt. You know, Egypt is a type and shadow of the world. Don't go into the world and get your provision from the world. And I'm not saying that we don't go into the world and get our provision from the world. But in this situation, God said, "Don't, don't go that way. Trust where I have put you. And I will multiply you and I will make you a great nation. So he sowed. And in that same year, he reaped a hundredfold. And then verse 13 says, And the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Now let's look at that again. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Does it say anything about the drought over? No. In the middle of the drought, while the drought was still going on, he began to prosper continued prospering and became very prosperous. Why? Because he listened to God. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and great numbers of servants. And look at this. I've got this underlined in my Bible, and I have it there for a reason, and I hope it helps you. But it says, so the Philistines envied him. Oh, they were upset. Why? Obviously because he was prospering and they weren't. You know, one of the definitions of the word blessed in uh, uh, the Amplified Bible of Luke chapter 7 verse 23, it means this. The word blessed means satisfaction in God's favor and salvation apart from outward conditions. So the outward conditions were drought, no rain, the ground's not going to produce your herds are going to die of thirst. You're not going to have enough. That was the outward conditions. But yet God still blessed him. And the last definition of the word blessed in Luke 7:23 is and to be envied. And then it goes on and says, and blessed is he who takes no offense in me. In other words, Isaac had to decide that he wasn't going to be offended because other people were criticizing him for being blessed. See, that's the key to continuing in prosperity. You know, people will, people will you know, uh, uh, they'll criticize you for two reasons, and only two reasons. Don't ever forget it. They'll criticize you for being a failure, and they'll criticize you for being a success. That's the only two reasons. You know, I mean, hey. And listen, so since it's going to happen, I just chose to be blessed. How about you? And that comes from listening to God. What's God saying about this drought? What's God saying about our present moral condition here in America? What is God saying about your present situation? What is the Lord saying? And when you listen to the voice of the Lord God and you follow him, you know all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. So Isaac, he obeyed God. Number two, he sowed in drought. He sold in a very difficult time and God blessed him. And because he was envied, because he was criticized, he took no offense in the criticism. And he prospered and he continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Now, here in verse 15 it says, Because of the envy, it doesn't say that, but you can you can see this. Because of the envy, the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham. So this is what they basically said. They said, we'll show him. You know, the only reason he's rich is because his old man had some money. Huh? We're going we're to we're plug up his wells. We're going to take away his inheritance. Oh, man, that hurts, doesn't it? We're going to steal. We're going to stop. We're going to do everything we can to stop this man from prospering. So what they do? They plugged up. They stopped. They, they, they took away. They stole Isaac's inheritance. And this is what happens so many times is that people will try to stop the blessing of God in your life. But you know what? You can afford to move on if you don't know what that means, you need to get Pastor Vicki's message. Okay? I can afford to move on. Huh? In fact, I can't afford to stay in a place of strife. But I can afford to move on. Hello, somebody. I don't need to stay here where there's strife. I need to, you know, look, I need to move on and go and, 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 and let them deal with their own strife. I'm not going you know, hey, if they want to take my inheritance, you know what, I've got faith in God to the point that he'll restore my inheritance and give me twice as much. You know, years ago, we had a, a, a situation where, where somebody very close to us, uh, working with us, you know, had some financial challenges and lost their job, and they decided to start a business. And uh, they said, you know, uh, we want to start this business, and we love them like our own children. And so we said, well, you know what, we'll invest. Well, we invested $10,000 in that business and, and uh, you know, and, and said, hey, listen, you know, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, you know, that's fine too, you know. And so anyway, well, the, 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 the business began to prosper, you know, and we got this statement, hey, you made this much money by being an investor. And, oh, that's great. What do you want to, well, reinvest it. Well you know as 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 life went on, uh, they got mad at us and and uh, decided that we weren't that valuable in their lives, and so when I went back to get my return back, they wouldn't pay it. and about oh, a total of eighteen, maybe twenty thousand dollars was a total investment. How many of you like to have that investment back? I like to have an investment. So I went, I contacted you know some legal advice, and you know and uh, sure enough, you know. You know, uh, went to the police department and they made, uh, they, they uh, uh, did a, uh, a warrant for his arrest because he had committed fraud. And so, anyway, um, we were going through some, uh, some, you know, legal things like that. And finally, the Lord said, Let it go. <sighs> I'd sort of like to have that 20000 The Lord said, Let it go. I said, Okay, I let it go, dropped everything all the charges, everything. And within a few weeks, God blessed us, not from any ministry, but from other sources, and increased us personally $25,000 a year. Every year through those same sources. You know, how many of you know you can trust God and that he'll repay all? See, Isaac must have had such a word from God that he was going to see what God promised his father come to pass. He said, hey, there's no devil that can stop me. And that's why we say around here there's no man and there's no devil and there's no government that can stop God's plan for your life. And, you know, if they try, God will repay all. Amen. I like that kind of repayment, don't you? You know, I can laugh now. You know, that that enemy wanted to stop me. To, oh, I don't want you prospering. I want to prosper. I want to make all this money, you know. Fine, go make all that money. But you know what? You can't stop what God has started. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so Isaac walked away from strife. He could afford to walk away from strife. And by walking away from strife, he could live peacefully with all men. And so anyway, here... In verse 15, the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father, and they had filled them with earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away, get out of here from us. You are much mightier than we are. Isaac departed from there, pitched his tent, went to the valley of Gera, and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug. In the days of Abraham, his father, for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he called the, the names uh, which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants went in a valley and found a well of running water there. But, here we go again. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen saying, that water is ours. Somebody say, go dig another well that's our water well Isaac Isaac dug it how can how can you how can you claim you know how can you claim something that I worked for and how can you determine it's yours well that's the way the enemy works so he called the name of well Isaac because they quarreled with him verse 21 then they dug another well tell your neighbor go dig another well and they quarreled over that one, too. Man, I tell you, now that's what you call a bad day. Of course, it happened in a period of time. That didn't happen today. They dug another well, and they quarreled over that one, too. So he called that name Sitna. And he moved from there, and he dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he called it Rehoboth, because he said, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. Who's the us? Not only his herdsmen, but the Philistines' herdsmen. I mean, God blessed him so much that Isaac could provide for his own herds and the herds of his enemies. You think, well, I don't don't believe that prosperity message. Well, let me tell you something. If you had enough money you could buy your enemy off, would you do it? Come on, somebody. That's why Ecclesiastes says the money is the answer to all things. Yeah, but preacher, you know the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. I didn't say anything about love and money. I said it's good to have money. How many of you know it's good to have money when the bills come in? How many of you know it's a curse not to have money when the bills come in? Huh? That's really hard, you know. But nevertheless, we know that prosperity is a blessing from God. And so he he dug that well and then he went up there to Beersheba and the Lord appeared to him in the same night and said I am the God of your father Abraham do not fear for I'm with you All right so this is what happens why did God tell him that why did God speak to him about don't fear Well, when we go through one challenge after another challenge after another challenge of the enemy constantly berating us, constantly criticizing, constantly stealing from us, eventually we start to get this mindset of, you know what, it's going to happen again. That's where the enemy is a champion at deceiving many people into getting into fear because fear says it'll probably happen again. But faith says, no, this is the end. This is the end. I draw a line in the sand, and it's not going to happen anymore. Tell your neighbor it's not going to happen anymore. Tell your other neighbor, go dig another well. And so God said, don't fear, Isaac. It's over. It's done with. Don't fear. Don't get in fear. Don't let what happened dictate your faith and what I'm going to do for you. Just because you had a few challenges. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, there'll be tribulations in the world, but... Go sing a sad song. Go write a song about it. You know, don't you love those country western songs? You know, my wife left, my dog left, I have nothing, you know, anymore. You know what happens when you pray it back, play it backwards? Well, the dog comes back, the wife comes back, and you get everything back. Isn't that wonderful? No, don't sing a sad song, but be of good cheer. I've overcome them all. I don't know when, and I may not know how. But I know God will do it again. Come on, somebody. Amen. Glory to God. And he'll do it for you. He'll do it for anybody who will stand on the word of God. So don't fear, for I'm with you. I will bless you, and I'll multiply your descendants. Now, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought he was already blessed. Yeah, you know some of those people in that scream prosperity stuff. Well, you got a problem with it. Go talk to God about it, all right? he's the one who wrote Extreme Prosperity. He's the one who talked about Extreme Prosperity. That's God's plan. You know, God, you know, Jesus never cursed a tree that had so much fruit that it was wasting. Man, look at all this fruit falling on the ground. I just curse you because you don't use your fruit with good stewardship. He never did that. But he went up to the tree that wouldn't produce fruit and said, you know what? You're not going to produce fruit ever again. You know, God must have a thing for prospering. And that's what we shared last week on let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The Lord's my shepherd. I shall not want or I shall not lack. He's redeemed us from lack. Hello, somebody. God wants you blessed. And he wants me blessed too. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You know, the Bible says the Lord maketh rich and adds no sorrow to it. In other words, no regret to it at all. You know, he doesn't want you to regret you being blessed in this world. So he said, he said, I'll uh, I'll bless you and multiply your descendants uh, for my, my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there, called on the name of the Lord, and he pitched his tent there, and Isaac's servants dug a well. Tell your neighbor, dig another well. well. Now, he already had a well that was taking care of everybody's needs, but he's going to dig another well. See, this is what happens. So many times people get to the place where God meets all their needs and they stop believing God. Hello, somebody. Come on, dig another well, will you? Somebody dig another well. Somebody say, I can dig another well. Go dig another well. Don't stop just because all your needs are being met. Come on, somebody. God wants to do more in your life. Tell your neighbor God wants to do more in your life. <laughs> and so he built the altar, and, the, and, and, and his servants went and to dig another well. And Abimelech came to him from Gerah with Ahuzeth, one of his friends, and Finkel, the commander of his army. Now, that sounds a little frightening, doesn't it? But Isaac had a word. Don't fear. Man, they came with all their glory and all their might and all their intimidation. Mm. It's not just Abimelech now. It's Abimelech's friend and Abimelech's commander of his army. Mm. What's going to happen now? Well, come back next Sunday and we'll finish this message. And so they came and Isaac said to them, why have you come to me since you hated me and sent me away from you? Well, they did send him away, didn't they? But they said, we certainly have seen the Lord is with you. You know what I got in the side of my Bible that I wrote there? Favor. Favor. You can't stop a man who has the favor of God in their life. Favor. Come on. I got the favor of God. I'm not going to be ashamed of it. I got the favor of God. They said, but they said, we certainly have seen. We have seen. What have they seen? They've seen Isaac sow in famine and reap a hundredfold in that same year. They've seen him prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. That's what they've seen. They've seen the hand of God bless him in a great mighty way. And when they tried to stop him, he just dug another well. And when they tried to stop that, he dug another well. And when they tried to stop that, he dug a well that was so great it fed everybody. And they couldn't complain about it because everybody had enough. And now he's digging one more well. And they realize, hmm, there must be something about this guy. He must have the favor of God on his life. Hello, somebody. And so they said, certainly we see that the Lord is with you. And they said, let now, there now be an oath between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you that you will do no harm to us since we have not touched you and since we have done nothing to you but good. Oh, I guess plugging up those wells was doing good for me, right? We've done nothing but try to stop the blessing of God in your life and we know that's been good for you. (laughs) That you'll do us no harm since we've not touched you and since we have done nothing to you but good and we sent you away in peace. Well, that sounded like peace. Get away from us. You're too much for us. That sounds like peace. You are now the blessed of the Lord. So they made them a feast and they ate and drank And they rose early in the morning and swore an oath of one another, and Isaac sent them away, and they departed from him in peace. You know what this covenant means? That means that everything that was theirs is now his. Everything that's his, they have access to, can become theirs. That means that God redeemed those wells back to him. Come on, somebody. There's power in redemption. Amen. I don't care what you've lost, I don't care where you've been, I don't care what you've gone through, I'm here to tell you that God will restore you if you'll hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God. Amen. And not only will he, yeah, come on, don't Can't okay, give God yeah. praise. Yeah. Not only will he restore you, but he will make you great and cause you to prosper, continue prospering until you're very prosperous. Now, we always equate the word prosperity to money, but you know what? It also means success. The same thing that happened to Isaac happened here at Family Worship Center. And not only in our lives, because not only Isaac was blessed, but Isaac's herdsmen were blessed. His servants were blessed. All the people that, and, and, and not only were his servants and the people who worked for him and the people who, who were with him were blessed, even his enemies got blessed. I'll right. tell you what, that's worth waiting on, isn't it? Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so, you know, the word of the Lord is, I will redeem all. Bless the Lord, Psalms 103 says, O my soul, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives you of all your iniquities, heals you of all your diseases, redeems your life from destruction, and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. What was Isaac walking in? He was walking in the fact that he was the prince of, of king abraham he became the prince he knew his inheritance he knew his rightful inheritance given to him that he inherited from his father well i'm here to tell you that we have a greater inheritance through jesus christ and that inheritance it means that we're seated with christ in heavenly places that all the promises of god are yes and amen. God has a plan for your life, and it's a good life, and it does nothing more than glorify God to fulfill that plan in your life. And so this is what happened to Isaac. He experienced the plan of redemption. He experienced all the wells. And while that was going on, look at this, while that was going on, then verse 31, they arose early in the morning and swore an oath with one another, and Isaac sent them away and departed from them in peace. And it came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him about the well which they had dug and said to him, we have found water. So they called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is called Beersheba to this day. In other words, the last well was the well of everything. I mean, it was the wells of wells. It was pay dirt. They had pay dirt in that last well. Why? Because they refused to quit. They refused. They refused to allow the plans of the enemy to stop them, intimidate them, and hinder them. They just said, okay, I can afford to go dig another well. Tell your neighbor, dig another well. Yeah. And, you know, it was in the process of what he did. When, because Isaac chose to do right. And sometimes when we choose to do the right thing, we initiate the law of redemption. It's when we refuse not to do the right thing. is that we hinder God from being able to do what God wants to do anyway. And so what was the right thing? It was, I can afford this. I can walk away. And I can receive all that God has for my life. I can trust God. I know he'll repay that which has been stolen. That's what has been lost. I know that God has a place for me. And I know God wants to bless me where I'm at. I don't have to go to Louisiana, (laughs) I don't have to go to Egypt, I don't have to go somewhere else, I can sow right where I'm at and see the blessing of the Lord in my life. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como, Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.